Hello and welcome to the Dash Podcast. I'm your host, Trey Gamage, and joining me today is Jasmine Mathis. She is a high school geometry teacher. She teaches 11th down to the ninth grade, and she just had a recent video about how she was doing finals during a pandemic. And it was an amazing way that she did this um, finals project. And I'm going to let her share the story with you, but we want to get to know Jasmine first and her experience through education before we find out how she shocked her students and a lot of her friends with this innovative approach to a finals project. And before we get started, I want to make sure that you go to tradegamers.com to check out Getting Unstuck, Four Steps to Your Best You, a new coaching program that takes you from feeling awkward or misunderstood to focusing on your strength and being your best you possible. While you're there, you'll also see my new book, Every Decision Counts, and you can set up a time to talk with me and find everything else that we have going on. So without further ado, though, let's get back to Jasmine Mathis. How are you doing today? I'm doing fine, Trey. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm happy to be here. (laughs) So Jasmine, man, you've been teaching during a pandemic for a few months now. You know, what's that? What's that been like? What's the transition been like for you real time? Um, so teaching during the pandemic has been very interesting. Um, as a teacher, one of the things that you always have to be is flexible. And I think that this pandemic has definitely pushed educators, um, limits, I would say with just being as flexible as possible. So, um, we had to be flexible regarding our curriculum regarding Mm -hmm. how we do things, and then even what our class sessions would look like. So typically we have a lot of um, SELs, social emotional learning embedded in our um, advisory classes in my school, but every single class, it was a very, very important piece to have, you know, during the lesson. So I would spend a lot of significant time when I met face-to-face with my students or in our synchronous meetings, um, just asking them how they were, mm-hmm. talking about their families, trying to build community um, over the internet, really. So um, it's been interesting. Yeah, that's amazing. I love it. So I mean, as far as, so first, let me make sure you teach 9th through 11th geometry. How long have you been teaching? Oh, I started teaching in 2011. Okay. <laughs> so it's been about nine years, yeah. That's amazing. Have you always taught high school? No. So I taught um, basically middle school through college, actually, um, in my career. Yeah, yeah. It's been a wide range from eighth grade through college. Really? That's pretty impressive. I mean, that's that's a long range to teach. Where does SEL fit in your journey? Have you ever had to um, teach SEL lessons directly or, you know, you seem to be able to grasp and understand the value of SEL and integrate it into your teaching pretty uh, quickly with some simple, you know, tasks. Where, where has that fit in your journey and why is it important for you to share it with students? Well, so um, SEL work with the name SEL um, was really kind of introduced to me last year i work for atlanta public schools and they are definitely um, an sel district and so we had a lot of trainings that we had to do um, with our homerooms we did an sel curriculum i can't remember the name of it 
Um, but we went through this entire curriculum where we did, you know, nothing but like, okay, so every, you know, 10, 15 minutes a day, like there's SEL time built into mm. our schedule. And so, um, so as I was learning more about it, I mean, I realized I was doing it all along. I mean, you, the thing is like, you can't teach if you don't have a relationship with your students, mm. you, you have to you have to build a relationship first and um once you have those relationships you know the kids are willing to learn they're willing to uh, you know put in the time but if you don't have a relationship with the students um you, you know you're, you're not going to get much out of it um you're not going to get much buy-in um so although i probably formally learned about sel probably last year um i've been doing it my entire teaching career yeah, I mean that's that's the most important thing. Same same for myself, you know. Again, I, I told you I had a psychology background, and um, ended up learning a lot about emotional intelligence and communication. And that's what it. Well, that's what SEL is to me, as I know it. it it's how we communicate it. Um, it's emotional intelligence. So I think the practice is absolutely necessary, and I think you hit on it with um, the idea of relationship. So thinking about this time over the semester, what have been some of the ways you mentioned a few of the questions that you've asked. How has your relationship before the pandemic impacted your teaching today? Um, well, I think that the pandemic was a whole lot um, easier to deal with as a classroom teacher because I had already established relationships with my students. Mm. And so, um, you know, had the pandemic um, started last semester, you know, although I think that I would have done just fine, um, you know, it, it made a major difference because I've met with these students face to face. I've communicated with the families like they kind of know who I am and how how I teach. Mm -hmm. And so transitioning to teaching online, you know, wasn't that hard because those relationships were already established. If anything, I think that it helped. I, I really bond. I think I bonded more with my students during the pandemic <laughs> than um, I would have otherwise because, you know, I had the opportunity to just kind of look into their homes and, and, and see their pets, see their, you know, siblings. Um, so I'm in a very unique situation because um, the school that I currently teach at is actually a private school. Mm, so, okay. um, so just kind of, so I know that one of the challenges for a lot of people during the pandemic has been access. And so for me to be teaching at a private school where, you know, all the students receive MacBooks, uh, you know, like every single student has a MacBook from the school. Like we don't have, so, so, you know, converting to a digital platform, like we were already digital. We we're already one-to-one. -one. Yeah. They already have stable, you know, internet connections at home versus my mother is a teacher and you know her students are logging in from their phones or they're sharing a device in their household or you know or they just simply do not have a, a device and mm -hmm. so um that was one of the things that i didn't necessarily have to have to worry about with my students right. and so i think that made it a little bit easier you know for us to transition to be to going online because we already had a learning management yeah. system we already have you know electronic devices so um if anything, it it really enhanced the learning because some of the students, I you know, I gave a survey 
and ask them, you know, how do you feel about the pace that we're going? And they're like, well, Miss Mathis, you know, you post all of these videos, you do all these things. Um, you know, I could handle some more or like, or it's perfect. Like I, I didn't have anybody that was like, can you please slow down? Like they, they were all like, we're in it 100%. Let's, we can even go harder if you want to Miss Mathis. And then, you know, and so I just really appreciate the fact that wow. my students did have access to devices and it did allow for me to get that extra, you know, bonding time with them and kind of see like, okay, well, this is, you know, what your life looks like. I, now, when you talk about your mom, I've seen your mom or I've seen your yeah. you know, siblings or I see the pet that you always talk about, you know, in class or, you know, so it, it just, I think it made me feel closer to my students, mm -hmm. uh, which is, I don't know, it's, it's odd, but... Yeah. <laughs> But it, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. And that's why I feel like we focus so much about building the relationships in that first semester, that first quarter, those first couple of weeks. Um, so I mean, let's, well, before we talk about your final project, let's talk to kind of about how you got here now. So I know you've had some experience with charter schools as well. You're in a private school now. Um, maybe you've had experience in public as well. What's been your experience in teaching in uh, the different styles of education, the different systems of ed education? Well, so um, I've tried to be very intentional about um, getting experiences um, in different settings. And so when I first, I'll just tell you about the schools that I've taught at. So I taught at a CTAE school. It was a public school in um, Macon, Georgia that basically focused on students. We took, it was a high school, nine through 12. And when the students came in, they would leave high school with a trade or a skill. So the school would pay for them to become, like take the CNA test or take the pilot's exam. Or we had a five-star kitchen in our school that would, you know, where the students would cater food anytime the school district uh, needed, um, you know, catered meals, it would come from our high school. So. Mm. Um, so I taught at a very special school like that, and then I moved to Atlanta, Georgia, where I taught at a private school, Elite Scholars, sorry, not a private school, a charter school, Elite Scholars Academy, um, which um, their charter basically said that they could take any child and turn them into an honors and AP kid. So our mission was whatever child we had, like they had to, we had to teach them like they were an AP or honor student. So we only taught honors classes. We only taught AP classes, or we only taught them a class a year ahead of when they were supposed to um, take it. And, um, you know, that was a very interesting experience too, because although we're teaching at that level, you know, all the students, when they first come in, they might not be at that level. So right. it was an amazing experience that school was um, uh, Georgia School of Excellence and, um, and then got some national awards as well. And then I decided to go back to get my PhD. So I started getting my PhD. Right. And yeah, and so when I did that, I stopped working um, full time and I um, became an adjunct professor at a community college. And so I was teaching, um, you know, part time at the community college. And then once I finished my comprehensive exams and I finished my coursework, now that I'm on the writing portion, I said, well, let me just go back and start back teaching. So I taught in Atlanta public schools at a middle school because I didn't have, when I was looking at my resume, I was like, okay, I don't have middle school experience. Mm. I want to see what the middle school students look like. Although I like high school, I want to just see, you know, what is it, you know, that's happening 
you know, in the middle school arena, because as a high school teacher, you know, that's my, that's all of my experience. So what does it look like in the middle school? What does grading look like? You know, what is, um, you know, what does the team framework look like? Just, you know, what is the experience? What are the middle school experiences that they're having? They're, you know, transitioning from middle school to high school. So I did that for a year and now I'm at a private school because I've taught public, taught at a charter, but I've never taught at a private school. And so, um, and so I'm really enjoying my time here. So this is, I just ended my first year at the Galloway School and um, I'll be renewing my contract to continue working there um, next year. So yes, yeah. uh, yeah. so that's a long history, but um, it's been very intentional because, um, you know, I want to be able to, when I talk to educators, especially mathematics educators, I want to be able to speak to these different environments and just, you know, what are the major so, right. no, I, I mean, hope that answered your question. <laughs> it does. It does. I feel like that's that sounds like a trifecta to me. You know, I, I've only had the chance. Well, I've worked with some different schools, not as a teacher. I worked full time for a uh, residential high school. That was a little bit different, and I'm I'm working primarily now with the K twelve charter school. That's really different. So, you know, I don't have a private experience or um, a public teaching or administrative experience as well. So, I mean, I think that. That perspective is really cool and the fact that you're intentional about that experience I think um, this says a lot about your past. A uh, Dr. Mathis I should have been saying. <laughs> I'm not a doctor yet but okay. I'm getting there. We're getting there. We're getting there. So I'm on the writing portion now. Okay okay well we'll go ahead and claim it now. So, yeah we can. <laughs> yeah it's already done. So Jasmine when you're you know your project how I ended up meeting you or seeing you um, our friend Linford Malawi in South Africa um, national teacher over the year. He does excellent work himself. And he posted a video of you and tagged me of you rapping in the car for a project for your students. What What's that all about? <laughs> well, so uh, remember how we talked about flexibility um, mm -hmm. during the pandemic, um, you know, as a faculty, we've been meeting as, uh, on these Zoom calls. And then our principal said, you know what? Um, in my school, they really are student-centered. Uh, the students come first, and their emotional well-being definitely comes first. And so our principal made the decision that no final exams could be given. And so I was like, oh, okay, all right. Um, I already gave my last test, so <laughs> what exactly? So what would be, and so I had to start thinking. I was like, well, what would be a meaningful way for me to end the semester, for the kids to be able to showcase, um, you know, some of their, some of the things that they've learned and to also just reflect about our experiences over the year. And I said, you know what, um, you know, I've done a project similar to, to this before, but not to this magnitude. I said, I'm going to get my classes to all make music videos. They can do any genre, any style of music that they like, but I want them to create a music video while social distancing, and they had a week and a half to do it. And so I put some parameters in place um, for my geometry students. They had to include a proof in their um, music video, and then they also had to include several um, vocabulary words um, that we've learned throughout the year. And then for my Algebra 2 class, the vocabulary words were also required, but they also had to incorporate at least four of the eight graph, major graphs that we studied. And so um, I gave the project to the kids. Some of them who were more musically inclined 
um, they were really excited about it. And I think, you know, some of the other students, they were like, oh, okay, like, all right, I don't, I don't know how this looks. And so I divided the kids into um, five different teams. So you had writers, um, you had producers, you had creatives. Ah. Um, yeah, you had vocalists, and then you had video editors. Wow. So everybody in the class would kind of fall into one of those categories, but they all had to figure out a way to make this project happen in a week and a half. Mm. while social distancing so they could not meet with each other they had to figure out how to do it remotely and so um over the weekend I said well you know what if I'm asking the kids to do this I'm gonna be vulnerable and I mean I'm the person who doesn't really like do Mm. I did karaoke for the first time on Instagram live of all places um, like a week before the project so I don't really sing I don't really rap I don't know any of that but I said you know what I'm gonna I'm going to sit down and I'm going to try to do this and maybe it'll motivate the kids to, um, to really start trying to do this project. And when I tell you, I was so glad that I decided to do that. Mm -hmm. When I played it in class, you should, the kids faces on zoom, they were just like, Oh my gosh, is that my teacher? Like, Oh my gosh, this is great. And it really motivated them to say, you know what, we're going to come out of our comfort zone and we're going to do this too. Um, and so their wheels started turning, some more excitement happened, and um, it just wound up being a very, very beautiful thing. Um, I can probably tell you a little bit more about it. I'm sure you have a couple of questions. Yeah. But yeah, it just wound up being very, very beautiful. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's just, that's just so cool. Did the experience, you know, what did you expect was going to happen versus the reality of what happened? Okay. Like, I hope that my school shares the project because um, I was just blown away by just what the students were able to do. Um, One of my ninth grade students in particular, um, she said, it's math is, like I edit videos. I was like, okay, girl, all right. Okay, yeah, you edit videos. When she turned in the final project for Mm. them editing, like, I was blown away. Number one, she took our Zoom calls and edited those into the video. Wow. She took, um, she took some sound. Like, one day for one of our classes, we were just talking about how much I really enjoyed her class. And I said, you know what? Whoever really put this class together, they did just a really good job. Y'all are awesome. She took that audio and, like, did something to it, put it in the beginning of the song, and then at the yeah. end of the song, she had like the principal and all these crazy transitions like it looked professionally done I was Mm. just like I said you know when she turned in I was like okay you do this like (laughs) (laughs) I get what you're saying I'm like oh my gosh and then just I mean the response um so during the pandemic I think what has been challenging is the fact that families not just kids but entire families you know, they're stuck at home and, you know, there's only so much that happens within your house. And so what I noticed, um, so during finals week, what I did was I just compiled all of their projects together and then we watched the visual album together and we talked about it. We talked about their contributions and then we talked about the contributions from other classes. What I noticed was when the kids turned on, when I told them I was about to play and they um, turned on their cameras, I saw families 
gathering around the computers and watching the project. Yeah. And for me, that was a really powerful moment because, I mean, it was, it literally like was bringing families together. The kids yeah. were smiling, you know, the parents were smiling like, oh my gosh, this is blah, blah, blah. And so it was just a moment where, you know, I'm not only connecting with my students, but, you know, I'm connecting, you know, with their parents and with their siblings and everything else. And I mean, the amount of requests, like, emails that you know parents sent to my principal and then they were talking about it to their friends and they were like oh my gosh like I just showed my friend this and like oh we're just so proud of the kids and we're proud of you like this was really great so it just in in the kids faces after they watched their video on um, the final product because it had so many different moving pieces and so when they all saw like how all their hard work came together in such a short period of time, like they were just, they were just like, Miss Mathis, we killed that. Like, that was amazing. Like, mm -hmm. oh my gosh. So um, even the shy kids that yeah. would normally not do something like this, it's something about being behind a computer screen <laughs> mm -hmm. that like gives you that courage as a kid. And so I was just like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that you could do this. And they're like, well, yeah. you know, I've never played a guitar for anybody or I've never you know, um, you know, rapped or sung, you know, for people before. And so right. that was just, it was just really heartwarming to see how it brought um, the kids together. And um, on top of that, when I emailed it out to the, to the school, um, a few teachers said they had family movie night and like, you know, watched it in the beginning of their movie night as mm -hmm. a family. And you know, it was just, it was, it's crazy. The response from like doing something like dropping an album right. <laughs> during the middle of a pandemic at a private school <laughs> was like, it's just, it's just been, it's, it's been interesting. And, yeah. uh, and I, and I'm really happy that um, it's, it's been bringing people together. Mm -hmm. I mean, and it's really impressive as well. The fact that you aren't really a rapper and that was one of your first times. You you really dropped some bars on that video. <laughs> Thank you. You had, a, you had a real mean flow on there. Oh, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Like, yeah, I just, yeah, everyone's been shocked. Like, if you know me in real life, I'm so nerdy. Mm. <laughs> so it's been, uh, it's been very interesting to see people like, oh, I really like your rapping. And one of my friends, she does music and she's like, hey, I want you to, you know, be on the remix of one of my songs. I was like, girl, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> Like, yeah, I like your flow. <laughs> right. No, it was it was pretty mean. You did sound like a professional. I was like, oh wow, she raps all the time. No, uh, <laughs> that was my first time. <laughs> first time writing a rap in my life. And then like, you know, just yeah, it was my first time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's pretty that's pretty cool. And I think, you know, one of the coolest things about being an educator or being a teacher is the fact that your kids are gonna remember this forever. Like you're gonna be that teacher for them. You know, and, and they're going to remember this project. They're obviously going to remember the pandemic. And, and in a time like this, you were able to really bring, like you said, bring the entire family together to um, enjoy and celebrate something that they worked on and worked hard at. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that, um, you know, something as small as a project could bring about a sense of community. Mm -hmm. um, you know, cause, cause that's really what's needed. Like, you know, the kids are separated. I mean, I'm an adult and I'm like, oh, I miss my friends. I couldn't imagine being a child right now. Yeah, and absolutely. Not able to see your friends, you know, stuck behind a computer screen most of the day. So um, anything to kind of 
make them forget that, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Right. Well, what do you feel like your plan will be moving forward? You know, as we, you close out one school year, you enter the next, what's going to be your approach to school next year? I know we don't really have the answers to what school is going to look like as a whole, but just thinking about your classroom environment and what's going to be important to start the year off, you know, what are you thinking? Um, so one thing is I've always wanted to do a flipped classroom. And so sometimes mm. I would do like, you know, some elements of a flipped classroom, but not a completely flipped classroom. But the pandemic really caused every teacher to move to flipped classrooms where, you know, you're, you're doing, you're posting your lectures and then, you know, and then you're working out problems when you're meeting together. And I saw a lot of um, positive responses. Um, I have some kids, you know, who um, definitely need extra assistance um, with just note taking or like they, they benefit greatly um, by me posting lessons. So there are some things that I did during the pandemic that I plan to continue doing, whether we meet in a face-to-face model, a hybrid model, or we continue um, virtually. So I think, um, for the first, I mean, the first thing that I'm going to do is probably continue to create, um, videos inside my classroom because Mm -hmm. I know that they're effective, but now that, um, I've been equipped with additional, um, technology, um, to make that process of recording easier, I think I'll probably be doing that a whole lot more. Um, so that's, that's one thing that I think is going to stick as far as the pandemic goes. And then just all the online tools that are just available um, for use. Like I used Calendly for the first time during mm. the pandemic to schedule one-on-one meetings with my students. Yeah. And I really like that scheduling software. Um, I have tutorial with my students and, you know, usually the sign up process looks like the student just telling me, Ms. Mathis, I'm going to come for a tutorial. But when you say that, um, you know, sometimes I might ask a follow-up question, okay, what do you want to go over? Then, you know, I teach like three or four classes and then they come Mm -hmm. (laughs) to tutorial and I'm like, oh man, what did they say they wanted to work on? And so I think Calendly makes that sign-up process a little bit uh, more seamless because I can just ask you, I can say, okay, you want to sign up for tutorial? Just go to my Calendly, type in what you want to work on, um, and then just, you know, select whether you're coming during lunch or after school. And I, I think um, there are just a lot of tools um, that I've been exposed to that I want to just continue using because it, it's just made my life easier. So. Yeah, those are both really great responses. I mean, Calendly, and I, I didn't even think about it of using it that way, but I feel like that would make that scheduling process much easier for students. I know I use Calendly to schedule podcast interviews um, and, and host different conversations myself. But I think the other idea, a flipped classroom is a great idea. I first learned about it last year, part of my work with the charter school, PDMSTA, we're really using a blended model where we're having to use a lot of virtual teaching because the size of the school and the size of the budget doesn't allow for a in-person teacher for every single class that you need in high school. So we have been exploring different virtual models and curriculums, and, and one that have came up was a flipped classroom. Can you kind of break down a flipped classroom in, in layman's terms for um, folks that are new with a flipped classroom. Oh, sure. So a flipped classroom, so in your traditional classroom, um, for the most part, your school day is 
focus on teaching a lesson. So whether that be a lecture or however you want to present the information, um, you present the information to the students at the school. And then when they go home, they will practice and do some things to reinforce that lesson that you taught. The flipped classroom does that in the exact reverse. So at home, the students are to watch your lesson and you deliver a majority of your instruction for homework. That's your homework now. And then when they come in class, they spend time, you know, diving deep into that by doing practice problems and actually like, you know, struggling with the material, talking about the material. So, um, so it's, it's your traditional way of learning, but in reverse, your homework is now your schoolwork. Your schoolwork is now your homework. Mm, mm, yeah. I, I think that's, that's a really cool pivot. I think for back to school, because I know some places are talking about, you know, and we don't know one way or the other, but, um, not being able to have more than 50 people at your entire school at the same time or not being able to have the same types of class sizes or A days and B days. And I think that's a really good way, regardless of the time that you have, everybody's going to get the benchmark lesson of the primary content and whatever time that you have on campus or whatever time you have with students, or even if it needs to be virtual, you're able to have that um, small group time or that time to really dig, dig in and apply the material. That's really good. Yeah, and the students benefit a lot from it because, you know, some people sometimes, I mean, even as an adult, like, you might have to tell me two or three times and then I'll understand. So, I mean, they're children. You're going to have to tell them the same thing more than once. And so the great thing about a flipped classroom is, number one, um, you can just, like, the students can re-watch the videos as much as they want. They can press pause. You know, you don't have to worry about hey, can you slow down a little bit? I'm trying to write everything down. No, there, that doesn't exist in the flip classroom because you would just press pause and then finish writing whatever you had to write down and then, you know, watch the video. So, and then it saves a lot of time for uh, teachers who are teaching multiple classes because you record one video and then you post it in all of those classes that, you know, are the same for you. So, it's, it's time saving for you. It's, it's better for the kids because, you know, they can rewatch the videos. Um, let's say they forgot a lesson that you taught, you know, five, six days ago. They could actually go back to that lesson and rewatch it. Yeah. So um, it's just, it's, it's a lot of advantages um, to it. Um, what, what tools do you use to implement flipped learning right now? Like, what are you using to record or to send? You mentioned Calendly already. Okay, so um, what my school decided to do was um, they invested in different um, document cameras for us. Mm. And so I teach math. So um, it's great because, you know, in your traditional setting, maybe I'll have like a handout or something like that. So it allowed me to still stay true to, you know, those traditional modes of teaching but it's just like a document camera that's, um, you know, pointing down at whatever I'm using. And then I pair that with Screencast-O-Matic. Mm. And then Screencast-O-Matic, um, you know, you could do the free version. The free version allows for you to record up to 15 minutes of video. And so I can record a quick 15-minute lesson, you know, talking, writing. The kids can also see a thumbnail version of me as well. And, um, and so that's one of the ways that I'll deliver some content, um, you know, during our flip days. And then for our synchronous days, when we're actually meeting, 
that same setup that I have, I just don't use Screencast-O-Matic. Now I'm on Zoom, and so I can use that same document camera, um, you know, during our discussions. And I also like doing a lot of games um, during our synchronous meetings as well. So about half of my meeting might be on reviewing math problems, but the other half, you know, we need to play games. Kids like playing games and they mm -hmm. haven't had the opportunity to do that because they're social distancing. So every class that I had um, pretty much had some type of game, some type of interactive way for the kids to have fun. And I mean, they were smiling and having fun while they're learning. They're like, oh man, class is over. I'm like, yeah, I have another class. Like, we gotta go. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I, I, I like moments like that. Like, they're like, can we stay on longer? I'm like, no, I gotta go somewhere, guys. Like, you know, <laughs> I'll see you next week. <laughs> right, right. right. Yeah. I love it. I mean, that's pretty cool. It sounds like you really enjoyed your experience uh, for what it's worth, you know, being able to transition and, and go through this practice over, or transition overall to the pandemic. Oh, yes, yes. I, I, I really, um, I mean, I enjoyed it as much as, as, much as possible. Um, you know, the, the tough part, I think, were sometimes when, you know, a kid might, um, might be experiencing some type of illness, you know, with their families or things like that. So that was, there were also tough moments like that, you know, during the Zoom calls and you can see the faces of all the kids, like, you know, are you okay? You know, are, are your parents okay? You know, and it's just, I mean, but yeah, it's, it's, it was a good thing as far as teaching goes and getting to bond with my students a little bit better, but it's, it's a bad thing as well because of just what's going on and then I mean these are children and so just being able to cope with the pandemic especially you know when you you know people or you know of people who are mm -hmm. who are going through it um it's hard to cope yeah that's <laughs> so very true teacher, you have to facilitate that you have to give them the space to just talk and um so yeah yeah I mean that's a that's a full perspective for you I think you've uh, really helped us understand what it's like to be a teacher in the classroom right now, you know, on all sides of it. Um, you know, right there might be some of the more difficult times and then also the great times that you have. Jasmine, as we wrap up here, where, where can the people go if they want to find you or if you want the people to find you? Um, I know this might be a little bit um, new as well. Um, yeah, so my, you could follow me on um, on Facebook. Um, it's Jasmine M. Um, yeah, so I have, you can just follow my Facebook page. I think that'll be, that'll be cool. Okay, okay, good deal. Any final words that you want to leave with the folks that are listening? Um, just, you know, check on, check on the kids, check on the students. If you know a student or if you have um, neighbors that are students or if you know teachers, just check in on them and, and see how they're doing and um, just just encourage them and, and let them know that, you know, everything's going to be okay. So, and that you care. Because um, I think right now more than ever, we just need community. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Excellent words. I think that's a great way to wrap it up. I've really enjoyed this episode and all of the perspective that you've brought uh, through everything. So thank you so much for joining us. All right. Thank you for having me, Trey. No problem. And thank you all for listening. If you like this episode, take the time to share it with your friends. You know, every week we do our best to feature educators who are solving problems for school communities. And Jasmine Mathis is doing just that. I'll be sure to link the video of her rap and her final exam 
And hopefully we can take some of this examples and these lessons of a flipped classroom and using some more of these online tools into your next school year. So we appreciate your time. Go visit TreyGamers.com to subscribe to the podcast, find Every Decision Counts, and sign up for Getting Unstuck. This is The Dash.